If you love the blue and white like we do, and you like to stay up to date on what's going on around Ripley High School athletics, make sure you subscribe to this podcast and turn on your notifications. Vikings had a rough outing in their final home game of 2020. We have the highlights from that loss to Berkeley Springs last Friday night. I also had an opportunity to chat with Viking head coach Steve Sayer about his 10 seniors, and I had an opportunity to allow those 10 seniors to introduce themselves before the hatchet game. Rube, what'd you have? Well, there's been some classic hatchet games through the years, and we're going to relive one of the great comebacks that happened in 1995, and we'll have the highlights from C98 of that game. Uh, Mark Martin, a Ripley High School graduate and a regional broadcaster, he'll be talking to us about his hatchet experiences. And also, two cross-country runners are among the West Virginia elite in that sport. Last Friday night, the Vikings put forth maybe their worst performance of the season, losing to the Berkeley Springs Indians 27-7 and falling to 5-3 on the season. After forcing a Viking punt on their first possession, the Indians took advantage with an eight-play drive capped off by a touchdown pass from Barkley to Ross. 642, first quarter, no score. The Indians threatening at the 12-yard line. Barkley in the gun. Rolling near side. He's under pressure. Anderson chasing him. Reverses field. Here he comes up the far side. He's going to float it into the end zone. He's got a man wide open. Touchdown. The Vikings lost Tamir Ross in the back of the end zone. And a great job by Barkley, Mark, to improvise and find Ross in the back of the end zone. Avery King's extra point kick was good. And at the midway point of the first quarter, the Indians led the Vikings 7 to nothing. Then, in the early stages of the second quarter, the Indians increase their lead when, for the second time in the ballgame, Barkley finds Ross in the back of the end zone. Indians have all the momentum right now. Barkley in the pistol takes a snap, looking to his left, throwing near side. Tamir Ross, touchdown. Too easy. He, just, he ran a, a double move that time, and he was wide open in the back of the end zone. Ball was delivered perfectly. Avery King's extra point kick was good, and the Indians led 14 to nothing. The Viking offense was in need of a big play to swing momentum trailing by two scores, and they got that on this run from junior Elijah Miller. Jet sweep action to Miller. He has running room across the 30, cuts it back in, 35. Here he goes, cross midfield, 45, 40, 30, 25, 20, tripped up at the 16-yard line by Thompson. What an effort by Thompson, Mark, to trip up Elijah Miller, but a great run as he gets deep into Indian territory here with three minutes and 11 seconds remaining in the first half. The Miller run set up this touchdown late in the first half when Ty Stevens finds Alexander Mobley in the flat and Mobley finds the end zone. Whatever we got to do, we got to get the ball in the end zone right here, Brian. With just over a minute to go, we've got to score six and tack on the extra point, put ourselves in a much better position going in at halftime. Just 60 seconds remaining on a turning clock here in the first half. Pistol formation, three receivers near side. Stevens rolling near side, under pressure. 
He's going to throw. It's caught in the flat. Into the end zone, Alexander Mobley goes in for the Viking touchdown from nine yards out. Carter Cochran's extra point kick was good, and the Vikings cut the Indians' lead to 14-7 at the half. After a scoreless third period, the Indians threatened to score deep in Viking territory midway through the fourth period when senior linebacker steps up to make this big play to keep the Viking hopes alive. Just under six and a half minutes remaining here in the third period, 14-7. to They stick with this pistol formation with two receivers either side. Thompson, the single setback, looking to throw. Intercepted! Here comes Hall, far sideline. It's a foot race, midfield, 40, 35, 30. Still on his feet, pushed out of bounds inside the 30. 32 made a play right there, Mark. We needed him. He came up with it. The Viking offense came up empty off of the extra possession and had to punt the football away. Berkeley Springs took the punt and took control of the game in the fourth period with a back-breaking run from running back Peyton Thompson. He's going to give it to Thompson. Thompson trying to get the edge, and he's got it midfield. Still on his feet, 40, 35, down the far sideline, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown from 51 yards out, Peyton Thompson. Once again, the extra point kick from Avery King was good, and the Indians led 21 to 7. Later in the fourth period, Berkeley Springs tacks on one last touchdown with another long run from Peyton Thompson to make the final score 27-7. At 5-3, the Vikings look to finish their regular season strong by making it seven in a row over the Devils in the battle for the hatchet at Flynn Field in Ravenswood. Game time is 7.30 p.m. You can catch all the action on C98 beginning at 7 p.m. with the West Virginia Telecom countdown to kickoff. Join myself, Jeff Waybright, and Phil Iman for all the action. They've not lost to Ravenswood, and they don't want to start now. Let's meet the 10 Viking football seniors. All right, welcome back to Ripley High School. Joined now by 10 Viking football seniors. Uh, guys are undefeated against Ravenswood so far in their career. Let's meet them. Let's start with you. Uh, my name is Matt Moore. I play offensive guard and defensive end. Uh, ready to kick the Red Devils' butts. My name is Isaac Parsons. I'm outside linebacker and played Ravenswood for 10 years and beat him every year, and I'm ready to do it again. Uh, Matthew Armstead, I've been playing for seven years. I play right guard and long snapper. My name is Caden Hall, and I play fullback and linebacker, and I'm just ready for everything. My name is Dakota Parsons. I play guard and nose guard, and I'm ready to go completely undefeated against Ravenswood in my career. Uh, my name is Evan Schultz. I play outside linebacker, and I hurt my thumb this year, so I won't be able to play against Ravenswood. My name is Trey Starcher. I play outside linebacker, and I'm ready to keep this win streak against Ravenswood going. I'm Quentin Joyner. Uh, I play center and defensive end, and I'm ready to keep this thing going with Ravenswood. I'm Austin Anderson. I play tight end and defensive end, and I'm ready to beat Ravenswood. I've played for one year. I'm Andrew Comer. I'm split in and cornerback, and Ravenswood doesn't scare me. All right, guys, thanks a lot. Best of luck this week. Beat the Devils. In a year of uncertainty, Coach Steve Sayre makes it known what his 10 seniors have meant to the Viking football program. Coach, you have five se- or 10 seniors, rather, five of them uh, that are uh, big-time contributors on this team. Talk about those 
guys what they mean to you as you continue to build this program and, and look toward the future? Well, our seniors have done a great job. They have been leaders in the locker room. They've been leaders on the field, uh, offensively and defensively. They're going to be really hard to replace, so I'm just cherishing the amount of time that we get to spend with them. And I certainly hope that we qualify for the playoffs so I get to coach them for at least another week. Yeah, you talk about that, a, a win tonight uh, virtually locks up a playoff spot for you. Uh, you the ball could bounce an, an odd way here or there and it may knock you out of it, but you need a little bit of help. Uh, do you focus on that or you just worry about taking care of business here tonight and, and playing Viking football? Uh, yeah, we, ne- we never talk about the playoffs outside of the coach's office because you've got, you've got to take care of business tonight or nothing else matters. There have been many thrilling hatchet games through the years. Among those was the 1995 thriller at Death Valley as the Vikings stormed from behind in the second half. Calling the action on C98 were Rick Shadow Shannon and the late John Rice. I think here we are back following the timeout. It's going to be second and goal. The ball on the five-yard line. Ripley trying to tie this ball game up with 3.37. This drive began on the 20-yard line for the Vikings. Wishbone formation in the backfield. Stevenson underneath center. They with the Hosslip. Left side. Hosslip right back as he's in the end zone. Touchdown! with a five-yard run. It's a one-point game now, 19-18 to 18 in favor of Ravenswood. Listen to this crowd. They are going crazy. Ridley have come back with 18 unanswered points. And Ripley wants to talk about now it's decision time. Do you play for the tie? They have missed two point-afters Those point-afters have been blocked this evening. You're at home. It's 19 to 18. A two-point conversion would make it 20 to 19. You still have three minutes and a half left on the clock, though. It is decision time, as you just pointed out. Two extra point attempts have been blocked here so far. Ripley down by a point. 19 to 18. And Will Hossifluk with just a huge game tonight, particularly in the second half. 21 carries and 94 yards for Big Will tonight including two touchdowns, a touchdown run of three yards, and the most recent one of five yards. We have seen a dandy here tonight from Death Valley Memorial Stadium. Everything you would expect from a traditional uh, hatchet game between the Ravenswood Red Devils and the Ripley Vikings. Mike Rubin called it a West Virginia high school sports classic, and I, I think it's lived up to that tonight. It was all Ravenswood in the first half. It's been all Ripley here in the second half. And Ripley is going to go for the two-point conversion. Hang on, ladies and gentlemen, to the edge of your ears. Here we go. They give us the 23 Hossaflick around the left side. He's in. He made it. He's in. Hossaflick across the goal line for two points. Oh, man. They have taken the lead. This place is going crazy. Oh, it's pandemonium at Death Valley Memorial Stadium. Mark Martin of WCHS-TV had planned to broadcast the hatchet game, but as with many things in 2020, 
Those plans had to be abruptly changed. Still, here's Mike Rubin's conversation with the Ripley High graduate and former Viking. We're talking with Mark Martin, Ripley High graduate. Mark, thanks for being on the podcast. No, thank you, Rube, for having me. And you have a lot of connections uh, as a player and as a broadcaster with the hatchet game. Tell us which hatchet games stand out in your mind. Well, the first and foremost, the 1968 game, that was the season in which I truly fell in love with football. I went and saw Ripley play against Spencer in the open, the home opener. Terry Landis was the quarterback. Ripley wins 23-0. And I had been to football the year before, the 67 team, but I think it was just maybe too young. But something just clicked that night, and I haven't stopped since. So that Viking team, you know, moves on. They're 6-3. and three. They go to Ravenswood. And I can still remember my dad coming home from work, and we're going to go to the game. We were living in Frozen Camp at the time, and he says, man, we've got to beat these guys. They haven't lost yet. And, you know, to go over there and – Witness really the true first Ripley Ravenswood game for me. I can remember uh, a fan coming out of the stands and, and yanking the tail off of the devil, and uh, the Ravenswood some Ravenswood fan was walking in front of Ripley's crowd. You know that uh, side where there were just like baseball bleachers basically back then, holding up a side. Some guy came out of the stands and r- ripped up the sides. Uh, boy, you got a real good taste of it then, and then for it to be you know an epic upset that that was that was pretty cool. So that's kind of when it all started for me the hatchet game 1968 mark how about uh mark martin the player what are your memories of the hatchet game well you know i I, you know just you you blink and and there you are and of course 1968 season and then my final season as a player is the fall of 78 so 10 years later but uh, as a sophomore 1976 we had not won a game and we go to ravenswood and we score first and they then put it on us, and they beat us uh, 55 to 20. That was the team that won the state championship in '76. Coach Fred Taylor's Red Devils boy. I think they had 25 seniors, and that that was just a really, really, really good football team. And that was just a tough season for the Vikings. You know, we lost every game, but a lot of them were close. There were a few that weren't, and that was one of the ones that wasn't. Uh, I got hurt right at the end of the game on on special teams, and. Uh, uh, but you know, it, it it was it was neat to be involved in that game. And then the next year, you know, Coach Marino comes and the Ravenswood comes to Ripley and Coach Marino. We're we're six and three. They were five and five. And at that time, it sounds weird for me now to say we're and uh, us and we and all that. But you know, Coach Marino said we're not going to go warm up, and we just stayed. We dressed down in what is now the annex. And we didn't, you know, we would come up those steps. That's what we did that first year when Coach Marino was here. And we didn't come out until the very, until the very last second that we could possibly come out of that. That place went crazy, and you know, we won that game, and that was neat. And then, uh, you know, that ended the eight-game losing streak for Ripley against Ravenswood. And then my senior year, go back to Ravenswood, 1978, and Ravenswood had a bunch of good players and guys we'd played against all the way up through. Jim Mahan, Doug Ritchie, that bunch. And Mike Brown scores four touchdowns. Uh, didn't know much about Mike. I mean, we knew Mike as a track guy, and he had played a little bit that year as a player, but he wasn't their key back. And well, they put him in, and he was lightning quick, and we were just kind of shell shocked there. I think we were down fourteen nothing before we really knew what hit us, and then it became a pretty good game, but it was just a little too little too late, and 
that was that. You know, I was uh, I was involved and uh, playing a lot, but uh, just it just wasn't meant to be. So my I only was victorious one time, Mike, against Ravenswood. If you go back my eighth grade year. Uh, we played them twice, lost both games. Freshman year we lost. I lost a JV game early on in my sophomore year, lost that sophomore game. So, uh, you know, my, my success against the Red Devils wasn't very good. But uh, a lot of, lot of great memories, though. So we talked about Mark the young fan and Mark the player. Now you're coming back as Mark the broadcaster. Yeah. So tell, tell us about uh, your role on the Friday night. Well, you know, of course, you know, early on in my broadcasting days, you know, I did – games for WCEF so I did the 1980 I was color for uh, one year 1983 with Bob Edwards when they were very just very first getting started doing local sports here and then I took over as the play-by-play guy so I did the 84 85 and 86 hatchet games play-by-play and of course the 86 was uh you know uh, the the one in which got Ripley into the uh, uh, the playoffs. The six I think sixteen six was the final score, and uh, uh, and so that that was kind of neat. And so this will be the first Ravenswood Ripley game I've seen in person since nineteen eighty six. But yes, uh, our our television station WCHS and WVAH. We also have a a sub channel called Stadium that you can get on all the cables and. Uh, it, uh, we've been airing a live high school football telecast since, uh, this is our fifth year and we were doing live streaming games for about two years before that. So about seven straight years now doing high school football every Friday night, a live game. And it's been a lot of fun and I've really been wanting to do this game. And, uh, finally I said, you know, this, this is the year to do it. And so, so we're going to be here. I'll do, I'll be doing play by play, uh, coach Mick price. He's been my color analyst for several years. Him and Jim Mahan have kind of been, I've, I've got kept the Jackson County uh, crew there and Tom Hunter's sideline guy so uh, yeah we'll be uh, doing this game it's uh, it's a really you know uh, it's a really a nice telecast a lot of great replays uh, great graphics i mean it, it's a it's a pretty big time uh, deal so I'm, I'm excited to showcase the vikings and red devils mark martin is the busiest man in broadcasting <laughs> i always say mark thank you very much for being on the podcast all right mike appreciate it The Spike and Viking volleyball team saw their season come to a close on Wednesday. They dropped a three-set sectional tournament match at Parkersburg. Sierra McDowell led the offense. Kyra Winter was a top setter. Emily Jordan led in sets. Olivia Banton and McKinnon Hall were the defensive standouts. Ripley High had two cross-country runners earn Class AAA All-State honors with their performance at Saturday's state championships. Competing with 90 of West Virginia's best runners, Ellie Hossifu placed third among the girls with a time of 18.51, and Chase Pepper's time of 16.41 was good for ninth among the boys. We're talking with Ripley cross-country all-staters Ellie Hossifu and Chase Pepper. Thanks for being with us today. And Ellie, my first question is, at what point in your a running career did you realize that hey this is something that I can do and I have an interest in cross-country I've always liked like the competitive part of like any sport and cross-country is like the best sport to for that so in middle school I started to run Chase I started running in eighth or when I was eight years old my mom would make us come out here and run with her and stuff like that mile or two mile and it just kind of started from there. 
And cross country is a, a little bit different in the sports world in that you're out on that course for anywhere from 15 to 20 minutes. You're sort of bunched up at the beginning, but then it, the, the pack sort of spreads out as the race goes on. So what is going through your mind uh, during a cross country race? I just think about getting to the finish and who I'm going to pass and my strategy and that's all, pretty much all I think about. And Chase? I think about who's in front of me and that I need to stick with this guy. Sometimes I'll sing a song in my head, whatever I heard earlier that day, and it'll usually keep me going. All right, I have one final question for you two, and uh, that is that uh, I know you're obviously you, you ran cross country and did it well, but are you planning on running uh, or competing in any other sports either in the winter or in the spring? Um, I'm getting ready to head into basketball, and uh, then in the spring I'll do track. And what events in track do you plan on competing in? Um, the 3200 and 1600, 800 and maybe some relays and the lowest that I'd go is probably 400 but I don't know if I'll do that. Chase how about you? I plan on doing track this upcoming uh, spring and I plan on doing the mile 4x8, 4x4 and uh, the open 8. Very good. We've been talking with Ripley High All-Staters Ellie Hassefluck and Chase Pepper. Thanks guys. Thank you. Thank you. Remember, for all the news on the blue, go anywhere you can find podcasts, search Viking 360, hit the subscribe button, and turn on your notifications.